Rank and Vile, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever. And uh, this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. And, and this is also Ian. joining us. Yep, there we go. And also on this episode, we are joined by uh, academic and cohort uh, Ian Chambers. How's it going, man? Uh, I am making it. It's been a busy week. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to go into that on this podcast. I do not. not. So, yep. um,. So Felicity has, how... has intervened, and Ian has come to hang out with us this week. So I want to know what kind of ghoul shit y'all have been into, because I have oh. been hard in the ghoul paint. Oh, man. I you, you, you sound like you have some ghoul stuff to unload, by all means. Uh, you, you have the floor to discuss any, any ghoulery you might have been engaging in this week. So I present to <laughs> the panel uh, the Death Wish 2, Death Wish 3 Blu-ray combo that Umbrella Entertainment sent me. Uh, Blu-ray, uh, Death Wish leaves me feeling some kind of way. <laughs> Is that way bad? Is that the way that you, it makes you feel? Here's the thing. I love the Death Wish movies, but I'm also a liberal and conscientious objector to gun violence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't like non-discriminant 80s racism and anxiety movies but also oh. really like death wish 2 and 3 i mean that's that's duality right there is like on one hand white flight power fantasy against the scary uh people you know like people coming to, to murder your family on the other hand you get charles bronson and he looks like a potato and he's just gonna wander around with a gun and it's the dumbest and most watchable thing yeah and it, i i don't know if there's an actor that's simultaneously more and less charismatic than Charles Bronson because he's just like I'm Charles Bronson, and that's it. He's who, like, hey guys, I'm who, Charles Bronson. Pew, pew. Who was the person? Who was the person that looked at this jacket potato and went, mmm, action star, like some visionary? Yeah. So what's also buck wild about? So first of all, Umbrella Entertainment is poised to be the next um, Arrow video. I'm gonna say it right here and right now. They oh, shit, are, you heard it here first. There is so many bonus features on this two discs. Uh, the mm -hmm. wonder of Blu-ray is you can put, like, a gajillion things on a Blu-ray that won't fit on a DVD. There's, like, True. there's the uncut version of Death Wish 2, the television cut of Death Wish 2, the Greek cut of Death Wish 2, and the theatrical cut of Death Wish 2. That's too many Death Wish twos. No, I'm 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 gonna not, call it. I'm not gonna, true. I'm putting, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm putting my foot down. That's that is too many Death Wish twos. I feel um, like death... maybe just a little too much Death Wish two. So <laughs> so here's why you need all those cuts because the mm -hmm. the uncut version has the full rape scene that starts the movie off that actually took six days to film and traumatized the entire acting and film crew and caused many of the film crew to quit the, the production. I was going to say, didn't like half the crew just decide like, you know what, this is taking a fucking psychic toll on me doing the six days in a row. I need to go home or to church or I need to go live in a church. Yes. And the, the madman director's like, nope, got to keep filming. Man, you know, and, and I'll, of after day three, everyone's like, ha ha, let's, let's move on to the rest of the film. Nope. See you back bright and early tomorrow morning. <laughs> we'll do the is, same shot. You can't even claim that this is for like a higher art thing that, you know, you can't even pull like a Kubrick sort of, I mean, cause I think it's bullshit to put your actors through, through, you know, torture, 
but you don't even have the auteur excuse of we're making real art here. Motherfucker, you are making Death Wish 2, and you're ruining people's lives to make Death Wish 2, for God's sake. Yeah, so, so that's why you need all these cuts, because not everyone wants to relax and unwind with Death Wish 2 uncut. <laughs> No, no fucking shit. That, although, at least Death Wish 3 does have a soundtrack by, improbably, Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. Death Wish 2 also has a Jimmy Page soundtrack. Wait, They no got shit. that guy in for the long haul. Did he lose a bet? I what think so. How the fuck they... Whoa. Jimmy Page uh, did a lot of cocaine in the 80s. <laughs> and yes. Cocaine was not cheap. <laughs> also, this is canon film, so I'm pretty sure cocaine... Uh, flowed like wine. Oh, it was like snow, yeah. Although, I mean, at least, what, in Death Wish 1, you get baby Lawrence Fishburne as a street tough? That's Death Wish 2. That's Death Wish 2, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, he's the um, guy with the, you know those 80s punk sunglasses that are like a Geordie LaForge visor? Yeah, I was gonna say, um, have you read, um, I'm, I mean, you, both of both of y'all are big nerdlingers, so I'm assuming that you've both read the Frank Miller, uh, The Dark Knight Returns? Yes. Um, the goons in Death Wish look like the mutants. Yeah, yeah. like they, they look like Frank like... Miller's. They look like Frank Miller's idea of what scary youths look and sound like. It's the this is what liberals want America to look like. <laughs> this is oh, the future see? that that liberals want. It's not <laughs> right. a Muslim woman and a drag queen. It's, it's mutants. It's just just nonstop mutants, mutants. with so, mullets and and gimmick sunglasses. They, wow, it's the so, sunglasses that Pizza Hut gave out for the Back to the Future promotion. <laughs> Was that when you could get the DVD on the pizza box too? I think mm-hmm. so. It's That's how I acquired answer. both Bill and Ted's movies. <laughs> well, that that is a shitty fucking vision quest you've been on, Quincy. Um, Ian, what have you? What what ghoul shit have you been consuming? Uh, I just finished this really good. 1800 surgery biography by Lindsay Fitzharris called The Butchering Art. And it sounds like it would probably be a little bit dry when you say 1830s surgery biography, but (laughs) it's got long passages about the surgeons that had custom knives so that they could cut people's legs off in one move. Like in Dead Ringers? Yeah. Holy Christ. And talking about how the surgeons would prize their frock coats more if they were coated in more dry blood and would, like, get together as goblin surgeons and compare the amount of blood on each person's coat. Wow. And the one who had more thick-caked blood was the, the better doctor. You know, toxic masculinity takes many forms, and one of them is that, you know, you're coated in a little more blood than the guy next to you. You know, I didn't realize we were going around the table and topping each other with ghoul shit, because that definitely tops Death Wish 2 and 3. So, good luck, Ryan. Yeah, I killed a guy this... No, I'm... <laughs> that's, I'm actually... Uh, I'm recording with a dead body. Like, I'm sitting on them right now. It's it's fine. It's whatever. It's adding to the ambience. You know the movie Necromantic? That. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're the person that put the dead baby from a Serbian film on eBay. Oh, uh, yeah, that's man, a Serbian film. I, I would just like to take this opportunity to congratulate um, everyone involved with this podcast for the fact that we are 
over 250 horror movies deep, and we have not done a Serbian <laughs> film yet. Nor have we done any Human Centipedes or um, Toad King. We haven't done Toad we've, King yet. We've done exactly one Friday the 13th film, and it's the reboot. So it's, yeah, we... I, at this point, it's almost like a moral stance that we haven't done all of these movies. Yeah. I have not seen a Human Centipede and I oh. never want to change that. It, You know, actually, I can't even believe I'm going to say this. It's the biggest sin of the human centipede is that it's boring to me. Like, I, it's, 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 it's like when I read uh, The Hundred Days of Sodom, and I was expecting, like, I read it as a, as, a, as a young person and was like, oh, yeah, no, this is that real good shit, right? Like, this is that real transgressive shit. And then it's like 20 pages of jerking off into a chalice, and it's like... All right, spanking, 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 jerking off into a chalice, spanking, spanking, shitting on someone, spanking, spanking, and it's just like I—I I was expecting the human centipede to to at least you know sort of scramble my brains a little bit or live up to the premise, but they don't—they don't go hard enough, and I can't even believe I'm saying that. Maybe I'm desensitized and my nerves are burnt out, but I was expecting uh, more from the human I th- centipede. I think we're broken. <laughs> At least a yeah. hundred days of Sodom has the excuse of being two or three hundred years old. Oh, that's true. I'm sure for the time it was like a Serbian film for anybody who read it. But um, did y'all read um, Exquisite Corpse by um, Poppy Z. Bright? Yeah. Now Billy Bright. I yeah. Have uh, not. Uh, Bill- Billy Billy Martin, I think. I, I I'm I'm friends with. I'm, I I I don't want to brag, but I'm uh, friends with Billy Martin on Facebook. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. No, 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 and it's great because now all he posts is just like, man, I'm so tired. <laughs> like they just, he's yeah. just hanging out in New Orleans and sells cool crafts on Etsy and doesn't really write much. And I want to be best friends with Billy Martin. I want Billy um, Martin to write more books, but I get it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. anyway, no, Exquisite um, Corpse is one of those uh, books that was so fucking gross. I had to put the book down, but kept reading it and read the whole uh, thing. See, I uh, my my intro to Billy Martin slash Poppy Z Bright was um, Lost Souls. Yeah. Oh, Gay I still I, I, vampires. <laughs> Chartreuse, motherfuckers. I, <laughs> I I reread that book periodically because I love the prose so much. Um, but so the ghoul shit that I have been consuming lately, um, I fell down a weird YouTube hole of um, slow motion Biore strip peelings. Um, it is engaging in a way I don't fully know how to describe, um, but it's literally just videos of people, um, peeling shit out of their pores with, like, a high-focused, I don't, I don't know from cameras, like, a a fancy zoom-up-close camera, and it is one of the most hypnotizing things I've ever seen in my life. I don't know, I don't know that it's on par with, um, the inducing, uh, birth of fake babies, with the reborn dolls, <laughs> I think that's a very specific uh, uh, cubby hole in hell that you've stumbled upon, and nothing is ever going to match up to the horror I felt watching that. But yeah, slow motion Biore strip videos, and also um, I've been on a weird clown movie kick in this last week, so I just watched uh, the movie Stitches. Um, you know what? I don't hate the movie Stitches. All right. Um, it's on Netflix if if you if you're if you're bored. Um, it's a very British movie, and it's about this clown who dies at a kid's birthday party back in the day. So you get the classic slasher format of like, oh no, we're having a party as sexy teens, and the clown is back. Um, you do get to see him make a balloon animal out of somebody's intestines. 
um, you, it's, it's mean spirit, it's just mean spirited enough. And I don't know why that's a thing I've come to value in horror, but yeah, really weird and mean spirited. Do you want to go ahead and throw it on the list? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll throw stitches on the list. Let me. Okay. So other mean clown movies are the remake of it. Mm hmm. Oh, it's not that good. <laughs> it's definitely not as good as it. Okay, uh, um, the Night Watchman is vampire clowns. That is true. I also don't think it's better than Night. Well, no, actually, I think it might be a little bit better than Night Watchman. Uh, so then, right above Night Watchman is Creep, It, and Killing of a Sacred Deer. And Mayhem. Oh, it's definitely not as good as that. I think it's better than Mayhem. Um. Okay, okay, I think I know where I would want to put uh, the movie Stitches featuring um, an actual um, British comedian who apparently has a wife and two kids. I fell down on Wikipedia hole last night. Um, I don't... All right, my ceiling for this, I don't think it's better than House of a Thousand Corpses. I do think it is better than Devil Times Five. Okay, so right above Devil Times Five is Zygote. I would say not as good as Zygote, but definitely better than Devil Times 5. Okay, so number 157 is Stitches. Yeah, um, and it's on Netflix if you're if you're bored. So I watched that, and I, I think it's because um, I, I fell down that hole because of the, the anniversary of, I think, Killer Clowns from Outer Space was making the rounds. Yeah, yeah, that's getting, uh, actually, Arrow's putting out that blue that yeah, yeah, I've, I've actually got the Arrow, the Arrow release with the really cool... Um, which, by the way, can we talk about the, the fucking cover art on Arrow releases? They're very good. It's it's such a treat. Um, but yeah, Clown Horror, I um, I feel like Clown Horror is almost right now becoming what Vampire Horror was in the mid-2000s. Yeah, I mean, with the, the real-life clown appearances, too, I think it's really in the moment. And yet not one murder in all of those clown sightings. And I was waiting for it. I, I, I had assumed that some asshole was going to dress up like, you know, maybe, you know, some coattail writer was going to slap on some grease paint and uh, go out, like, you know, before he was planning to go out and kill somebody anyway, just to get in the news. I think there were a couple breaking and enterings based <laughs> on the clown sightings, but no this, actual murders. This timeline sucks, all because breaking and entering from clowns. Yeah, if you are going to take the time and effort to, you know, show up in the woods in clown makeup, if you are going to grease right. your, your face up, you should probably at least menace. Like, criminal menacing. Pick up a hatchet, minimal. you cowards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for God. there's It's protocol. There's a reason it's a classic. Certain things have to be observed. Um, but yeah, that's, so, yeah, yeah, Stitches. So that's what I've been up to. So, speaking of vampires, uh, let's talk about what we do in the shadows. I love this movie. It's so I, I love it so much. It's, it's wonderful. Taika Waititi has yet to lead me astray. Yeah, I, I just, uh, bullied, uh, Alex Rowland, who, um, is a friend of the podcast. Uh, she had not seen, uh, Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. And this Thor Ragnarok, the thing is, she loved Jupiter Ascending, so Thor Ragnarok is like, it has to be your shit if you're into weird excess. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like, what we do in the shadows, I think what I loved so much about it is that, like, okay, so, you know, 
were post office mockumentaries with like we've all like I, I, I feel like it was a mockumentary that managed to actually be funny because I think so many people decide to try to make a mockumentary and then forget to write actual jokes and just assume that like we can improv our way through this and uh, Ron Howard voice they can't and then in what we do in the shadows it's so fucking funny I think it is mostly improv though mm-hmm. because it's the flight of the Ho- Concords crew Exactly. So you need to secure the flight of the Concords guys, because if you don't, it's, yeah, if it's just, like, your friends who are, you know, we think they're funny at parties, and we put them in a movie, and we thought we could just let them riff for a bit, and, um, honestly, like, Jermaine, uh, in What We Do in the Shadows, I love, I, I love movies that you can tell everybody involved is having a fucking ball making it. Yeah. There's the scene where they decide that they're gonna kill Dan. That's his name, right? The... The douchebag. Oh, yeah, yeah, the douche, yeah. Yeah. So there's the scene where they're hunting him down, and Taika Watiti is climbing out of his backpack, and he's supposed to be scary and has the biggest shit eating grin. <laughs> and it is a beautiful scene. Oh my god. I, it's uh, honestly. The I, I can't even believe that in a comedy I'm going to point this out. The effects in this movie are fucking outstanding. Like, the bits when they're flying, like, the blood effects, like, the I, I appreciate... The werewolf effects even look yeah. good. Oh, it's so good. Like, I appreciate that they weren't just sort of going, it's a mockumentary, this isn't supposed to be good. Like, it looks like a proper actual, like, these things are actually happening and also this happens to be really funny. Yeah, I feel ashamed to admit when I heard Taika Waititi was going to direct Ragnarok. I was like, "How's he gonna pull it off? He's never done a movie like that." And then I went mm. back and rewatched this. Is like, "Oh, he did it all along." <laughs> <laughs> well, there's and like a lot. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ryan. Oh no, please. I was gonna say there's a lot of the hunt for the wilder people in Thor Ragnarok too. Oh yeah. There's that sort of quest for family, so you can see this all of the different parts of Taika's career coming into Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, absolutely. And also, Taika Waititi, like, the guy who gets how fucking extra vampires are, like, as a mythical monster, I love that this is the same guy who looks at Loki and goes, all right, here we have this fucking catty little, like, this catty bitch who puts on (laughs) plays about his own death and lounges around drinking, dressed as his father, and, like, fucks his way to the top on, on Jeff Goldblum's barge. Like, this is a guy who understands the things we like about media, and I mm-hmm. really fucking appreciate it. Yeah, and that's what I like the most about this, is it's making fun of vampires, and it's so spot on because it's from fans of dumb vampire media. It, because they hit every trope, from Nosferatu to, like, Anne Rice-esque vampires to even like twilight like the guy that says i'm twilight <laughs> you see twilight that's me i'm twilight which i i also appreciate that um so i feel like in a lot of comedies i always love comedies specifically that it's it's funny until there's a moment or there are like moments plural where it's actually very sad and it's not really that funny or if it's funny it's in, it's funny in a funny side way like what we do in the shadows the bit that fucking kills me is when Taika Waititi ends up Skyping with uh, an old familiar who mm-hmm. 
you know, he's like, oh, I haven't seen you in decades. And the guy's like, I'm an old man now. You said you were going to turn me into a vampire. Where did you go? And then he hangs up the call because he's uncomfortable. Yeah, the guy says, I, this movie is, like, shockingly existential because the one guy mm-hmm. is talking about, like, the worst part about being immortal is watching all your friends get old and die. And then, like, the other, the, 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 um, familiar says, I've done nothing with my life. <laughs> and you also have this vampire who, like, is pining for a lost love. Actually, multiple vampires pining for lost loves. It's, like, mm-hmm. really good. Well, yeah. And, like, I mean, I... Now, speaking for myself, I grew up um, reading uh, the Vampire Chronicles by Anne Rice. Um, <laughs> you know that thing when you're a young queer kid and you're, you're confused about life, but you need to read about vampires, like, dramatically throwing themselves across chase lounges? Um... I appreciate that Taika Waititi sort of took a lot of that and sort of, like, he he, he lightly roasts it, right? Like, he sautés it, I guess, um, where he's sort of, like, vampires mostly cry about their problems. Like, you would think that, you know, living forever and being beautiful and, and powerful and all these things, you would think that was enough, but then you get Jermaine, who's a fucking wreck over his ex. Like, it, it who yeah. Who literally becomes, like, a burnt booger because of his ex. <laughs> The beast. You're gonna yeah, tell me like, that Lestat never started calling his ex the beast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Nicholas from the from the Vampire Lestat. Sorry. Um, these kids. Like, this is a weird rant. These kids today don't know how good they've got it with fan fiction. We were in the shit back in the day when you were trying to look up Vampire Chronicles fanfic, and Anne Rice was litigious, <laughs> and she would scour the fucking internet to 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 get it taken down, and you had to go on fucking the dark web to find poorly written fanfic about Louis and Lestat. Um, so yeah, yeah. Listen, listen, kids appreciate it. And then she had the gall to write Bible <laughs> oh, fan fiction Christ out of Egypt. and I think I made it. it an eighth of the way through it before I tapped. I was just like, I can't fucking do it. Hey, speaking of vampire books, did either of you read the vampire choose your own adventure novel as kids? No, no. That's my favorite vampire book. It's like a space vampire. It's like it's space Dracula's, uh, but choose your own adventure. Maybe that speaks volumes that y'all are out here reading Anne Rice, and I'm like, yes, but space Dracula's. <laughs> the two genders. It's it's Anne Rice and space Dracula's. <laughs> oh Christ! So where do we want to put? this on the list oh boy i i'm i'm scrolling pretty uh pretty high up the list if i'm being honest because i think uh our list is running kind of uh short on comedies i think we've got stuff that's comedic but not a lot of like pure we've got a lot of horror comedies and not a lot of comedy horror if that makes sense yeah yeah because the highest um horror comedy is Shaun of the dead at number 26 hot take I like what we do in the shadows more than Shaun of the Dead. You know? Oh, man. I... Oof. God Shaun damn, of the man, Dead is, though. God damn, that's no. tough. I, because Shaun of the Dead is more important, I think. Mm-hmm. It launched a lot of horror comedies, for better or for worse. I mean, do we all remember Dead and Breakfast? Oh, I remember. Man, I, I love Dead and Breakfast. Yeah, but... <laughs> but we also got... Um, Wan of the Dead and Zombievers. Zombievers. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, yeah. the 
uh, Shaun of the Dead, I'm, I'm, I don't know why this is my criterion for this, but I'm tempted to give Shaun of the Dead the edge purely for the don't stop me now scene, because I can't hear that song without thinking of the choreographed billiard stick beating with don't stop me now. Um, but maybe, you know what it is? I think it's that I've seen Shaun of the Dead so many times that it is not funny to me anymore. Yeah. I do think there's more craft in mm-hmm. Shaun of the Dead. Uh, also, 100, 100% more Dylan more Dillard elaborate. Mm-hmm. I, um, hmm. I, I think it is more elaborate, but I also, I can't even believe I'm going to say this. I, I think what we do in the shadows might be more adventurous. Okay, can we at least agree that what we do in the shadows is better than Predator? Oh, yes. oh, by a country mile, because it's there's anything there. Okay. So, what is it absolutely not better than? If it's better than Predator, what is the absolute ceiling? Oof. Above Shaun of the Dead is Del Toro's Labyrinth and uh, Shape of Water, then Poltergeist, Wicker Man, Roseberry's Baby, and Eraserhead. Well, the ceiling for me on this would be absolute ceiling, like, that I could not argue with. I do not think what we do in the shadows is better than Poltergeist. I don't either. Mm. Yeah, I think that's fair. So so now it's it's Del Toro and Shaun of the Dead that we have to kind of decide where it goes. <laughs> Quincy, this podcast tears my goddamn heart out every day. <laughs> <laughs> every make, week. Every week. Every week I gotta make these calls. Um, Listen, uh, turns out uh, we get a lot of angry uh people ian has filled me in that there's several episodes where they have just straight up said i had to turn off that episode because you made me mad with your hot take god that's so fair um we hmm okay if you want to tell us about how pissed you are uh that's at rankin vilecast (laughs) on twitter and rankin vilecast at gmail.com send us your abuse um we we have it coming and and we Trust me, if you don't do it, we're going to We're like ourselves. that guy that eats your shit on paper and child's tears and then vomits <laughs> it up and then lets the Cenobites read it. Exactly right. This this entire thing is an affront to God. Um, I, okay, okay. Gun to my head right now, I would put what we do in the shadows above Shaun of the Dead purely because I think it was taking more chances. Because Shaun of the Dead, at least, I think that was post the Dawn of the Dead reboot, right? Right. Um, so I feel like uh, it had more to build on. And I think what we do in the shadows had a, a, a steeper cliff to climb because that was post Twilight. Like that was yeah, post vampire yeah. saturation when everybody was kind of sick of fucking vampires and they found a way to make vampires interesting and funny, <clears throat> excuse me, funny and cool again. So Right. The same time that we have all of those like scary movie vampire suck movies mm-hmm. we got what we do in shadows yeah yeah um so i would definitely put it above that however uh, pan's labyrinth makes me cry like a child and i feel i feel like i want to say that it's objectively true that pan's labyrinth is a better movie than this other movie i really really like yeah, I don't feel good about splitting up the Del Toro movies, so I would say <laughs> right under Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, Ian, what's I? Yeah, I I would agree. Pan's Labyrinth, I think, has a message, and what we do in Shadows has a lot going on under the surface, but I don't 
think that it's better. I don't. I just don't feel right about that. Mm-hmm. So, I would say yeah, split between Pan's Labyrinth and Shaun of the Dead. Okay, so number twenty six is what we do in the shadows. Now scroll to the bottom of the list, and we're <laughs> going to talk about some real steamers. Oh boy! All right, all right. So the next one uh, is a Blu-ray uh, slash DVD combo. Uh, provided to us by uh, Camp Motion Pictures and MVD Visual. Thank you so much for that. Thanks, guys. We really appreciate that. And once again, thank you to Umbrella for your uh, screener of Death Wish 2 and 3. Yeah. Um, so, and and that being said, holy Christ, Gasly's. <laughs> um, <laughs> it it's is, so bad. It is, it is abominable. Now, all right, good things about Gasly's. I do like them practical effects. Yeah, the puppets are the the puppets featured on the cover, so you know what you're getting. Oh yeah, are the best part of the movie. One of the puppets. They're really the only notable part of the movie. Yeah, one of the puppets looks like uh, the alien from Mac and Me, so that definitely nets points, uh, at least for me. Um, but it it has cool puppets. It has some cool effects. Um, the, sc- the blood isn't even... There's not enough gore in it for oh, me. There needed to be three times as much gore in a movie this ridiculous. Yeah. Like, now, I think I think there's a graph, right? Where, for me... Now, I... Alright, I, I, I might be getting into some shit here. I get annoyed when somebody says that they don't like gore in horror movies as a rule. Just, like, across the board, they think that... Because I feel like when, when, when people cite why they don't like horror movies, they're like, it's just stupid, it's gore, and I hate gore. And for me, that's sort of like, well, okay, why is why is gore by itself considered a bad thing? Is, the, is it like the horror equivalent of a fart joke? Like it's lowbrow, or why? I think part of it is lowbrow. I think part of it is um, almost cheating. Kind of like, uh, mm. think back to Haunters, where the one guy's like, I can give you a scary experience if you just give me a box cutter and some duct tape. Oh, it takes yeah. craft to scare somebody. That's like, fair. I think there's definitely a way to do gore that is l- the lazy way out. Mm-hmm. Or... And I think that's... that's this is not that. It's yeah. just nothing. Yeah, I mean, like, if you get, like, a Peter Jackson with Dead Alive, that is virtuoso gore, and I won't hear a word against it. Or, like, Reani- yeah. Reanimator. The gore in Reanimator is fucking outstanding. Um, the thing is, though, most people that say, I don't like gore, are also the same assholes that say, I only like elevated horror. Oh. Which means you can just discredit their entire <laughs> This isn't a horror opinion. movie. It's a psychological thriller. Uh-huh. Yeah, which I, I, you know, there was this thing making the rounds that I think is, now this is a total tangent, uh, there was a story making the rounds on uh, Bloody Disgusting, I think covered it, where it was like, it was like this fever, it was like this uh, fever dream about, um, you know, after the Academy Awards, after Shape of Water won, the Academy was in an uproar backstage, and they were going, we hate horror, this can never happen again, and sort of, you know, talking about making a, a separate subcategory for horror so that you know it didn't first of all i don't a i don't think that happened and it was a hysterical ridiculous fanfic about the thing but i also think like it is horror i mean i don't know i i feel like horror kind of succeeds on its underdog reputation like i think in order for horror to remain the cool weird subversive thing that it is i'm kind of okay with it being a little under the radar 
Yeah, I was going to say, if it gets mainstream, it's going to be the Avengers movie all over again. We're going to have a bunch of angry nerds saying, well, I put in my dues. We're going to have this fake horror fan gatekeeping, which yeah. I'm very anti-gatekeeping. Oh, yeah. But, um, oh, I painted myself into a corner because <laughs> uh, I don't know how to get out of this. It's It's just that, like, it's natural for people to be very scared when um, something exposure comes around. I remember yeah. being on the Mr. Monster message boards when Hot Topic carried their CD. Oh, boy. And we were like, it's the end times. This band's going to blow up. And now that's a funny thing to look back at because <laughs> nobody gives a fuck about that band. It's kind of like when Hit Parader and other metal uh, magazines were inexplicably really high on Moto Grader for like five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> I don't know what it the was. Next big band is going to be Power Man 5000. <laughs> I think it was Vice today just wrote this wank off piece about how ghosts are just pretenders oh. and how they are doing everything to get popular and that makes their credibility less than none like they're just garbage now okay the thing i'm legitimately worried about is that ghost is a jet chick track come to life and that when i listen to them the devil's gonna steal my soul <laughs> like you know every time they're like rock and roll is of the devil i'm like yeah whatever except ghosts i'm like i better not listen to them mm, that was yeah, the other thing in this article <laughs> is that they were they're calling them satanist lights like no, <laughs> that there are more Satanist metal bands that deserve your attention. Oh man, I see. Here's here's the thing. Um, I listen to black. <gasps> I, I listen to black metal. Sometimes you want to listen to spooky pop music. Fuck yeah, ghosts. Yeah, sometimes you want to listen to the Scooby Doo soundtrack, but. <laughs> With European vocals. I constantly want to listen to the Scooby-Doo soundtrack. Um, but anyway, all right, all right. So so getting, so Gastly's. Um, you, There's no plot. It's just yeah. vehicle for puppets. Yeah, I was going to ask you to describe the plot. I feel like Gastly's... Puppets kill some people, and it's kind of 80s, but in the we... It's, it's the school spirit week equivalent of an 80s period piece. This is going to sound really rude relative to the 80s, Gastly's is like a rip. Gastly's being a ripoff of Ghoulies would be like somebody in 2018 being really, really inspired by Winger and wanting to do a Winger inspired band. Like Ghoulies, I'm fond of Ghoulies, but I even the name Gastly's, like, it, it, it's you could tell that they were going for a puppet thing and it's puppets killing people and it doesn't have any of the. Oh, okay. All right. This is going to sound really hipster of me, but I feel like it doesn't even have the strength of its convictions the way a bad movie like Ghoulies did. It's an homage without any actual heart. Yeah. So, full disclosure, I didn't see it, but I'm just going to throw this out here. I saw the cover, and all I could think of was that 1990s movie Prehysteria, about the tiny dinosaurs and the puppets <laughs> on ghoulies are of the same caliber as this 1990s children's movie about a scientist that gets a bunch of tiny dinosaurs. 
Just going on the cover alone. That should be a selling point for me. If you had just described that to me, I would be so excited to watch a movie with 1990s dinosaur puppets. Okay, Ian, here's why I'm upset with you. There's three Prehysteria movies, and you oh. have not told me about any of these. I've only seen the first one. Well, although Wikipedia says Prehysteria is a series of three family-oriented non-horror monster movie films... Uh, they are monster movie films. Yeah. Maybe we should rank them. So clearly Charles what we need... Charles Band directed one. Clearly what we need to do is make uh, um, uh, an homage to Gasly's called Grimies, so that it can be like... A, <laughs> so that it can be a Pokemon evolution of Ghoulies to Gasly's to Grimies. Um, and in this way, the circle will be complete. Um, however... Let's throw this damn movie on the list now. Y- I don't y- want to talk about it. <laughs> one quick thing. I like the score, okay? Good score. Yeah, it's it's actually um, uh, Tomb Dragomir from Rumorg magazine. Yeah, hell yeah, um, Rumorg. Which, by the way, um, I <laughs> this is gonna sound really stupid. I worry that Rumorg doesn't get enough credit because everybody is jizzing themselves over the return of Fangoria. Like, yeah, Rumorg is is the true uh, soldiers in the trenches. Yeah, they've been they've been out here doing it all these years, and if I were uh, if I were Rumorg and every and I watched the hysteria over Fangoria being brought back from the dead, I would be annoyed. Like, guys, all the things you think you like about Fangoria, I promise you we've been doing. Yeah. But. So, where do you want to put Gasly's? Is it better than Gremlin? Speaking of other movies oh. that sound like movies you've oh, seen. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. I... They're both little critter movies. Oh, they are both critter movies. Okay, here's 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 the thing. I would put this above Gremlin because at least it's got cool puppets and it's not just slathered in CG the way the the the, the beasties in Gremlin are. However, yeah. it is definitely also I think it's better than Wolf Creek 2 because Yeah, but it's not as good as Open Water. It's definitely not as good as Open Water, which also had practical effects but also didn't hate me as a viewer and was meant to be consumed by people. It's I think it's better than Wolf Creek 2 because I it even if it was pointless, it wasn't excruciating getting there the way that Wolf Creek 2 was. Yeah, it was a pleasant. It's like falling asleep in the snow. Uh, it's, just, it's okay. comfortable, but not. It's not great, but it's not unpleasant. You just kind of drift through it. Quincy, are, are you okay? Have you fall, Have you been falling asleep in the snow? Yeah. What's, what's going on, man? So anyway, thanks, MBD Visual. <laughs> Please send us other movies. So yeah, so yeah, definitely, guys. Thank you so much for sending that to us. Uh, so coming in at our new. Number 251 in between Wolf Creek, Wolf Creek 2 and Open Water is 2016's Gastly's. Let's take some listener requests. Oh, please. Uh, so first off, let's take a listener request from someone in the room. Uh, Ian wants us to rank They Live. Ah, all right. It, and this does, I think, count as a horror movie, right? Oh, it's 100% a horror movie. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's... A horror slash alien film, right? But you know, so is Alien. I mean, yeah. Um, I now here's the thing. I love They Live, but I feel like okay. So for those of you who haven't seen They Live, it's 
uh, rowdy, rowdy, and by which I mean, of course, the, 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 the hypothetical listener who might be like, huh, I haven't seen They Live. It's uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and it's directed by John Carpenter, and he's a, a traveling down-on-his-luck construction worker, and he comes to this town, and he notices, notices that, like, something is awry, and something's going on with the TV, and he discovers these magic sunglasses that let him see subliminal messaging, and he realizes that the Earth has been... Uh, dominated by yuppies from beyond the stars, and he needs to find a gun immediately and have a fist fight with Keith David, and anyway, he dies. Um, I love this. Spoiler alert. Yeah, which, oh, it's, it's 1988. <laughs> it's, if you, if you, if you, oh, I mean, I, I feel like everybody knows the twist that they live. Um, I. It's all over Tumblr. Oh, it should be. It should be. Like, watching this in the harsh light of 2018, by the way, holy shit. Yeah, it's not as much of a, like, lol, what a crazy future. It's like, oh yeah, that's us. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you look at 1988 and what was going on in 1988, mm-hmm. as far as the peak of consumerism. And, like, John Carpenter was not prescient, but definitely rightfully bitter. He was so angry yeah, in He's dialed in. Like, the fight scene with Keith David and Roddy Piper, which, by the way, first of all, best Roddy Piper match of his career. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, it's so Get, it's Put these sunglasses on or <laughs> prepare to eat that trash can. <laughs> Man, it's... And I love that uh, Keith David and Roddy Piper worked this out and were like, we're gonna fucking go for it. Um, this is such is an... Is that the first time that Roddy Piper cut a promo on a black man and it wasn't racist? <laughs> Yes, holy shit! His feud with bad with uh, uh, bad news Brown is uh, or Kamala or Kamala. Ugh. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. He almost killed him with a coconut. I tell you, he's hard to defend or explain to non wrestling fans. Um, and I don't even try. Here's the thing: don't even try to defend yeah. Roddy Piper's racism. Um, no. But the movie, I, I feel like okay. I'm gonna say something and see if it's true. I feel like They Live has more potential than it lives up to. I'm hearing you. I think the third act of the movie kind of doesn't know what to do with itself. Because there's like a weird switch also in Roddy Piper um, in his character where it's like, yeah, you know, he's just a he's just a down on his luck construction worker and he's coming to this town and then, you know, out of nowhere he starts going on like rowdy Roddy Piper promo rants and mm-hmm. you know, just starts wilding the fuck out and shooting people and it feels like it comes out of nowhere. And the end of the movie, you know, he's able to knock out the mothership signal that disguises the 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 evil skeleton yuppies and I feel like this movie feels like it's building up to something much, much bigger, and then it just never quite gets there for me. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know that I agree, but I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, Um, although definitely you can feel how fucking angry John Carpenter is while making this movie. Like, and it's a thing that I miss so much with, like, I mean, here's the thing. John Carpenter now... He hangs out and gets blazed and receives royalty checks and plays video games, and God bless him for that. Like, if anybody deserves to just hang out and get stoned all day, it's John Carpenter. Um, But watching a movie like They Live, I feel like this movie is somehow underrated and overrated at the same time? Yeah. So, 
Let's look at another movie that I'm going to come out of the gates and say is comparable. Phantasm at number 53. Okay, we're going with like sort of surrealist logic. Surrealist logic, weird sci-fi, but also horror Mm -hmm. elements. Yeah. It's also another one of those movies where horror fans will say, you might not like horror, but watch this. Oh, yeah maybe able to get your hooks into like like babby's first horror movie should be phantasm or they live i mean to be fair both of these movies were sunday afternoon sci-fi uh pictures and they just kind of like drilled their way into my brain and Mm -hmm. definitely that's why i'm sitting here right now well yeah they live i think was the first john carpenter that i saw yeah. Oh, wow. I, I think my first John Carpenter was probably The Thing, I want to say, when I watched that as a kid on the Sci-Fi Channel. Um, but I th- I with They Live, what confuses me about it is that Roddy Piper didn't become slightly more of a film star. Cause yeah, it's weird. He's, he's fucking magical in this movie. Like, he's just outstanding in this role, and I feel like, uh, you know... He did this, and then kind of nothing forever, and then he popped up in some bad straight-to-VOD horror stuff, and then died. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you look at what was going on in Roddy's life shortly after they live, that's when the Ring Boys scandal broke Mm -hmm. in the WWE, and he was pretty pivotal in that. He testified against Pat Patterson, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and really Roddy Piper, like, I don't know. I, I love the fact that John Carpenter took advantage of the fact that he, he came in with like notebooks full of promos and one liners. And like, he was the one who came up with, uh, I came here to chew bubblegum and to kick ass and I'm all out of bubblegum. Um, mm. yeah, no, this movie's great. And also, uh, I adore Keith David and I want him in everything. Yeah. Yeah. But... I don't know, yeah, like, if we're going with uh, uh, comparable Carpenter films, or I, I think you said, or not even Carpenter, I guess, Coscarelli, uh, Phantasm, I hate to say it, but I think Phantasm might, I don't think, I, I think it's better than Phantasm. Really? Yeah, because it makes any kind of sense. And I love Phantasm, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Phantasm is a very, now here, and the thing about Phantasm, it's very much like a 14-year-old uh, did whippets and then wrote a horror movie because it's like it's like a, a tale told by a delirious child where they're like and there's a really tall guy and he shrinks the bodies down and steals them and there's a kid who's really cool and he drives a motorcycle also I've read the novel Dune several times and I'm going to wholesale rip off a scene from Dune for no apparent reason and 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 they have sex with a big boobed woman except then she turns into a tall dude and then turns into a short guy you've been you've been reading my dream journal again yeah yeah, that's exactly it. Is like it. it it's. Uh, I love Phantasm. I watch it all the time. It's kind of not that good, really. Um, There's nothing that comes after They Live that rewrites They Live as having never happened. <laughs> they thought so little of Phantasm that they said it was not real in the sequel. So right above Phantasm is Reanimator and Return of the Living Dead. It's not as good as Reanimator. Oh, it's definitely not as good as Reanimator, and I would say not as good as Return of the Living Dead. I would argue that too, because I'm a real 
rolled Nutswinger for well, Return of the Living Dead. Oh, oh same. Uh, I would die on a battlefield for Linnea Quigley. I also, now, if I had to actually give a concrete reason for why I think Return of the Living Dead is better than They Live. Um, <laughs> you mean besides Linnea Quigley? <laughs> you mean besides me going, I think Linnea Quigley's really great, which is true. Um, I think I would put They Live under it because it's that thing of what is it trying to do and how well does it do it. Return of the Living Dead is a mean fucking perfect cheeseburger of a horror movie that does exactly what it sets out to do and I think it accomplishes that fucking perfectly and I think They Live is uh, maybe coming from a more honest emotional place from the person who made it but I think it doesn't necessarily live up to what it could have been in terms of like execution or plotting or pacing or there's I don't you know I could run it through a sieve, and I don't know. I could find the molecule of what they live doesn't do that I want it to do, but I know it doesn't do it. The love scenes in They Live, like the romantic scenes when he's stalking the <laughs> the, the woman, uh, and she shoves him out a window, kind of flat, right? That, that there's not a lot of chemistry mm-hmm. between the supposed to be romantic lead and Ronnie Piper. The, Wait, the mean, true romantic lead is Keith David. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. also, who who looks at the sweaty, fucking horrible face of Roddy Piper and goes, yeah. Um, not fancy ladies who push him out of windows, that's how. Um, and even the, the bit at the end when she, like, betrays him and sides with the alien yuppies, I kind of don't buy it, because it's like, at that point, I'm like, sure, that might as well happen. Let's get on with it. <laughs> so number 53 is They Live. Now listen, before yeah. we go, I feel like we have to honor our pain and suffering and talk about ghosts that still walk. Oh, god damn this movie. It's, it's So, non-playable so Kyle requested this, and normally when Kyle requests movies, I'm like, ha-ha, and they're like pleasant surprises. But this one I'm legitimately angry about. But also, I'm just angry at myself. Like, I can't even blame Kyle. I'm just angry that I let this play all the way through. It it, it was like, it was uh, the closest horror movie equivalent I have found to being stuck in a dentist's office with nothing but an issue of Golf Digest from 1993. It is the definition of incompetent. There's no good acting, there's no good sound, there's no good... The editing is incoherent. Mm-hmm. The only thing good is there's random bouncing boulders that roll over that RV. <laughs> that is true. Um, this movie doesn't do anything well. Like, nothing. Uh, it's... By, by, what, by what measure of courtesy can we even refer to it as a horror movie? Uh, it's got a dope VHS cover, and if I was a VHS <laughs> yep. collector, I would collect. It would be in my collection because it's a mummy <laughs> that looks better than any mummy I've ever seen. And then the real one is like a literal shoot, dried up <laughs> carcass. I do like mummies. Um, yeah. Gotta th- come oh boy. To the video store. We have a video store bar. What? In my town. Middle of nowhere, Ohio. Oh, shit. It's a VHS, like, exploitation-themed bar that mm-hmm. also rents exploitation VHSs. That's wonderful. That's I fucking love it. college towns in Ohio. That's outstanding. Oh, man. So where do we want to... Wanna... also have an arcade bar? <laughs> we have an arcade bar. We have a retro video game store. We have a mall bar. <laughs> I think my uh, my favorite barcade in Los Angeles is, is this uh, place called Button Mash. Um, 
And it, I, I was there on New Year's with uh, Josh Copeland and my buddy Anna, and I, I, I love this. Now, I feel some kind of way about barcades because part of me is like, are we just trying to live an extended adolescence, but also we all drink now because we're dead inside? And the answer is yes, and I'm kind of good with it. <laughs> so where do you want to put this shit movie? It's Ugh. it's grossly incompetent, but it's not as offensive as Night is Something Strange. Oh, fuck. Um, is Hellraiser Revelation a more technically masterful movie? Oh, God damn it. Um, uh, okay, okay, okay. So I think Hellraiser Revelations is better because... The actor who plays Pinhead is trying? <laughs> yeah, no one in this movie is trying. Like, he's not Doug Bradley and everybody knows it, and nobody knows that more than the guy who plays Pinhead in Hellraiser Revelations. But at the very You gotta le- come correct if you're playing Pinhead <laughs> and you're not Doug Bradley. Yeah, that's... Listen, if you, if you, you know, find yourself trying to fit those uh, bondage pleather shoes... You really need to bring your A game, and it's—he's very, very. Don't get me wrong; he is very bad as Pinhead. It's like they, somebody's nephew showed up, and they were like, "You're Pinhead now, lol." Uh, it's very bad, but at least somebody was trying. And with ghosts that still walk, I, the, everybody on this movie, in, everybody in this movie is doing the Thorzine shuffle, and it is. Yeah, and no ghosts actually no, walk. In I didn't it. see any fucking walking ghosts. <laughs> Like, they possess other people, but that's not ghosts that still walk. That's ghosts that inhabit people that still walk. Ghosts that could walk if they wanted. Also, th- that kid is in a wheelchair at the end of the movie because yeah. they've taken his ability to walk. It's Fuck this movie. <laughs> a very anti- Number 257, almost second worst movie on the list. A very anti-walking and very anti-ghost agenda in Ghosts That, that, that Still Walk. Uh, so yeah, so, so new if you want to be, uh, if you want to put a request in on the show and you don't want to personally come to my house and <laughs> record with me, uh, you can send those to our Tumblr, which is rankandvile.tumblr.com, or our Gmail, rankandvilecast at gmail.com. That's where you can also reach us if you want to advertise with the show, if you want to guest on the show, or if you want to send us a review copy of your ghoulish thing or movie. We will we will watch the shit out of it. Um, listen, we'll even watch Ghosts That Still Walk. I promise you're, I promise whatever you do is better. Um, also, if you want to find us over on Instagram, you're going to go to just uh, Instagram at just rankandvile, uh, and then you will find us consistently deep-throating our own feet. Uh, on Twitter at uh, Rank and Vile Cast. I would say that's the one we use the most. Um, mostly because... Hey, uh, as of today, Barbara Crampton retweeted us and commented on us, so we might just shut the Twitter down. That's... I, There's that, nothing else to do. Legitimately, the, the zenith we can never hope to top, because Barbara Crampton, at some point... Um, in her perfect, wonderful, sainted life, glanced at a computer screen and saw the name Rank and Vile and went, oh, yeah, okay, and retweeted it. So I don't know what, you know, we've done everything we set out to do. Um, but yeah, so uh, Rank and Vilecast on Twitter. And then also, hey guys, listen, it's your buddy Ryan talking. Uh, if you like what we do and you enjoy listening to us spit in the face of God by <laughs> ranking horror movies badly and with nebulous and shifty logic, Go on and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It would do us a huge favor. And also, uh, if you have a friend that might also be argumentative or that enjoys listening to people chew on their own cud while watching Straight to VOD Horror, 
tell a friend. Um, get us, you know. Um, but also, aside from that, we are uh, now on Stitcher at Rankin Vile, and also, obviously, we're on iTunes. We, oh, goddamn, what, Player FM, I think we're on? Pretty much any podcaster of choice you can find us on it. And if you want us on a podcast app that we're not aware of, because we're old people, mm. um, just email us and we will try to figure out how to get on there. Yep, uh, but barring that, I think that might be all I've got for, uh, for this week. Do you have anything else? Uh, don't forget to get a discount on your enamel pins at lapelyad.com with our code rank and vile. Yep. Uh, they have some really good, they got a restock. Uh, they have a suburban commando pin. So yeah, get that with a discount on us. Enjoy. <laughs> also, they've got um, Hiromu Takahashi's uh, stuffed cat Daryl in a lucha mask uh, on an enamel pin. I myself have now ordered that using my own promo code. Which I feel like <laughs> using your the, own promo the snake eating its own tail. Yeah, I was gonna say it's either masturbation or an Ouroboros, or maybe a masturbating Ouroboros is using your own promo code. Uh, but yeah, so Lapelia, uh, rank uh, is it just rank and vile one word? Yes, rank and vile one word. Ian, where can our listeners find you online? If you want really dry demography information, you can find me on Twitter at Ian Chambers S O C. Yeah, uh, again, it's just charts and graphs. <laughs> Honestly, after the week I've had watching these movies, I, I feel pretty good about, like, I just want something to take the edge off. Maybe it's a chart. Charts and sometimes graphs. So, uh, occasionally, occasionally graphs. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's all I've got. You got anything else? That's it. Have a great week, y'all. Later, folks.